Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. This is Jesus' famous faith-filled disciples. They didn't believe her. After this, Jesus appeared to two of the disciples who were on their way to another village, appearing in a form they did not recognize. They went back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples, but they didn't believe it was true. These are Jesus' famous faith-filled disciples. Then Jesus appeared before the 11 apostles as they were eating a meal. He corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. And he said to them, As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. Hey, it's pretty important what we believe and how we believe and who we believe in. Then it says, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Not those that have done five years Bible college. Not those that have been growing up in a Christian home. Not those that can quote um, whole sections of the Bible. Not those who pray for five hours a day. It says, they, these signs will follow those who believe. Wow. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. It's time for darkness to flee across our city because a whole army of people know how to believe and pray for people to get free from darkness. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. Rattlesnakes, we don't have them here, but there are whole lots of things that try to steal and destroy and poison us. They will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honour at the right hand of God, and the disciples went around announcing the good news everywhere, as the Lord himself consistently worked with them. Validating the message, they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Folks, I believe we're entering a new season as we believe in Jesus and his word and are led by the spirit, we're going to see more and more supernatural signs. We're going to see more and more hearts healed and restored and set free. We're going to see the kingdom of God break loose like never before because this nation is desperate for a move of God. They mightn't all say it, but that's what we need. We don't just need the right politicians or the the right business people or the right economy. We need a move of God. And it comes to those who believe. We're believers. Wow. Jesus challenged them to believe, to grow in their faith. Do you know in the early church, the followers of Jesus were called believers? And later on, in Acts 11, they started to become called Christians. So for a fair season of time, the followers of Jesus, they were just called believers. They believed in Jesus. They believed he died on the cross for their sin. They believed he rose again, even though they had a bit of trouble the first few days to get their head around that, because it hadn't happened before. People didn't rise from the dead every day. But once they got their head around it, they were believers, and they started to travel all over the place and declare and it says they they were just called believers i wonder if people looked at us and they say hey you're believers you believe in god's grace you believe in god's goodness his provision 
Or would they say, well, they're believers sometimes, or they're doubters, or they're not much different from the average person in our neighborhood. Hey, they should see us and say, hey, you're believers. You believe in God's goodness. You believe in his provision and favor. You believe that God can rescue and heal and restore everyone who believes. So they were called believers. Acts 11:26 says, and when he found them, he brought them to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch in Acts 11, which could have been months or years into the early church. Wow. All they were known as were believers or followers of the way. They were the two things they were called. So I reckon we've got to get back to being known as believers in the truth. Believers in Jesus Christ. Believers in the, the powerful grace that forgives and sets hearts free. Oh God, the God that can do the impossible. What's it mean to believe? To believe is to have confidence in, to trust, to rely through faith, to be persuaded of the truth of anything, to accept a doctrine, principle or system. Wow, so to believe is all about confidence and trust. And the enemy tries to steal your confidence and trust in God and his word. You start out believing God's promise and his word. After a while, it doesn't all happen. And some of us just pull back. We don't become unbelievers. We just don't believe with all of our heart anymore. We just sort of <coughs> drift along instead of moving forward with passion and faith. What you believe about God, yourself, others and situations will greatly affect your life if you don't believe that God's a God of mercy and grace you're going to live a tough life if you don't believe God gives us a second or third chance you're going to live in great fear and try to be perfect if you don't believe that God is able to heal and transform a wounded soul then you are a miserable person God's come and if you don't believe that you are created in the image of God and that you've got a real purpose on life, you're going to struggle with your identity. What you believe about others can lead you into judgment and criticism and negativity instead of loving and believing. We had an amazing service yesterday with uh, Vicki O'Brien's service and she was just a believer. She loved everyone. She, lo she just poured out God's love. And even the last few days before she died, and uh, she'd say, how you doing? I'm doing good. And her body's just given up. She's about to go to heaven. And she was just still full of faith. And the Bible says, some receive their reward in this life and some die believing and they enter into their resurrected life. And that was Vicky. Nine-year battle with cancer when she was told she'd have six to 12 months to live. And she lived nine years honoring God. And I think, wow, she was a, she was a believer with all of her heart perceptions can become reality fear and negativity can become your reality because fear is the opposite of faith and what you fear can come upon you because you believe more in the fear and the negativity than you do in God's promise of protection and favor so what we believe and how we believe it is so so powerful it'll affect your attitudes your actions your words your lifestyle so let's be known as believers. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, 
the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And we, we've been trained to live out of our brains more than our hearts. And God wants us to live out of our head and our heart, and they, if they're in agreement, there's power flows. You don't have to ignore one or the other. Get them lined up. Because it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Some of us in our heart believe that Jesus can heal, but our mind argues and says that's impossible today. We've got to get it lined up. Get your mind renewed by the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God direct our thinking and our hearts that together we can embrace all that He has for our lives. We need to discover the truth about Jesus, about ourselves, about others and situations. Over the coming weeks, we'll unpack some of these areas. I was woke up this morning singing that song, This I Believe, the creed from Hillsong Worship. I just started singing it. I'll just read some of the words. Our Father, everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Saviour. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for I believe in the name of Jesus. This song was written as a modern version of some of the apostles' creeds and some of the amazing creeds we have. It goes on. Our judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious light, forever seated on high. I believe in the eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Hey, we need to have, as Peter shared, have strong foundations. And belief is not just a head of sense. Say, yeah, I believe in God. It's something that gets into your mind and then into your heart and transforms the way you think and live. That's when you're a believer. It's not just a mental assent. Say, yeah, I've read the doctrinal statement. I can sign on that. I believe that God created all things. I believe he sent his son. Belief starts with that and then it gets into your spirit and it transforms how we live. It makes us believers. So other people say, whoa, you're different. When troubles come, you're not overwhelmed with fear. You've got to trust in a God who still cares for us. And that's the difference. People see. You're not trying to put on a show. It's the real you coming out of every pore of your being. When you're under pressure, the real you comes out. People say, oh, there's so much pressure. I've changed. Hey, you shouldn't change. The real you should get squeezed out. If you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice. Not something else. Not lemon juice. Some of us wouldn't get squeezed. I'm not sure if it's lemon or orange juice comes out. Hey, when we're a believer and live in the fullness of God, even when we're squeezed under pressure, there's still the life and love of God comes even though it's pressuring us. 
God help us. It's a beautiful song and uh, we'll probably sing it in the next few weeks to remind us of that. Just want to start on a few points today. Number one, salvation comes by believing in Jesus. Now we know that, it's a truth, but it's powerful. We need to not ever forget the power of this. We are believers. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, For if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation. As Billy Graham preached all the time, you must be born again. It's not a popular message these days, but you must be born again. You must know that you are a follower of Jesus, that he has forgiven your sin. It goes on, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Saved from eternal separation from God. Saved from the punishment of sin. Saved so you can live a new life as a believer. What a privilege, what an honour. So we need to believe in our head and our heart. John 3, 15 to 18, this well-known passage, most of us can quote John 3, 16. But in verse 15 it says that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hey, that's the gospel in a nutshell. That's, we have eternal life. Oh, thank God for that gift. And eternity starts now. So it's not just wait until we get to heaven. We live out his eternal life now. Freedom and blessing. It goes on in verse 17, which we sometimes stop at verse 16. Verse 17 says... For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Wow. And some people say, well, a loving God would, ne would never keep anyone away from his kingdom. Hey, Jesus taught very clearly the truth. You can't mess with those scriptures. This is the truth. He wants everyone to get saved. But if people reject or choose not to, then they are in the hands of God's mercy. But we need to make sure that we're believers and followers of Jesus with all of our heart. Acts Six, uh, John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So he gives us the right, the authority to become his family. How awesome to belong to the family of God. I just love his family. I love the, the family of God. All the diversity, the beauty. All of us shine Jesus and use our gifts and, and who we are in different ways. And it just is so precious to belong to the family of God. I hated COVID when we couldn't meet together. Oh, I hated that. Because we're meant to be the body and the family of God. We're meant to be together in small groups, in prayer groups, in church gatherings, to fellowship and inspire our Believing together. I love this story. Acts 16.29. Paul and Silas were preaching, got thrown in prison. And then they were praising and worshipping at 
and praying at midnight. God sent an earthquake. I reckon God just started to tap his foot in time and that was all it needed for an earthquake to break loose. Every, every prison door flew open. All the chains fell off all the prisoners, not just Paul and Silas. When you're a believer and fallen God, everyone else gets blessed around you. They mightn't think it's getting blessed, but you are bringing light into darkness. And so this is what happened. Then the jailer called for torches and rushed in and terror, trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out of the inner prison, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How did he hear the gospel? They were singing and praying at the top of their voice, not quietly in the corner. They weren't hiding the truth. He said, your God's awesome. Something supernatural's happened here. How do I get saved? Wow. When we live as believers, there's times and seasons where people say, wow, you've got something I don't have. You've got a peace in the midst of turmoil that I don't have. You've got a trust and a faith that I don't have. And some of them will say, how do I get what you've got? And I love this. And they answered, believe in the Lord Jesus as your personal saviour and entrust yourself to him and you will be saved. You and your household if they also believe. Wow, they all got baptised. What a night. I don't think Paul and Silas had any sleep that night. What a night. Hey, when you're a follower of Jesus, there'll be days and nights that will just blow you away. That will just amaze you. You have the daily routine of days, but if you're a believer, let me tell you, there are seasons and times where you'll just say, whoa, God, that was incredible. Don't pull back. Let the light shine. Acts 10.43 says, All the prophets testify about him, that through his name everyone who believes in him, whoever trusts in and relies on him, accepting him as Saviour and Messiah, receives forgiveness of sins. That's just not religious words. This is life-transforming truth. Maybe you're here today, or maybe you're watching us online today, and you don't have this personal, born-again, transformed, forgiveness-of-sin relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you, you can today. You can open your heart. So it's not just a head belief, but it's a transformed soul. And there are some here today, I believe God's called you to connect with Him today, to become a believer, a follower of Jesus. 1 John 5.10. These are the verses that a youth pastor shared with me the night I gave my heart to Jesus. The one who believes in the Son of God, who adheres to trust in and relies confidently on Him as Saviour, has the testimony within himself because he can speak authoritatively about Christ from his own personal experience. You need a personal experience, not a second-hand experience. You can't rely on your, your mum or dad or your son or daughter or your grandmother's faith or a friend's faith. It's a personal experience of connection with Jesus. The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar. Whoa. Because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given regarding his son. And the testimony is that God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. And this life is in his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. He who has the Son, by accepting Him as Lord and Saviour, has the life that is eternal. 
He who does not have the Son of God by personal faith does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. Do you know that you have eternal life? Not hope or think or wish or maybe. The Bible says you can know. And the day I gave my heart to Jesus, the youth pastor read those verses to me and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was born again and I had eternal life. That was when I was 17 years old, the day I finished grade 12 at school. I went along to a youth rally and they had one of those scary second coming movies on. (laughs) Anyone remember those? (laughs) Oh dear Jesus. Distant thunder. But there was a loving truth came through and I knew that I needed to follow Jesus with all my heart. This is what the Lord spoke to me. As the youth pastor's given the older girl, he says, the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, are you going to follow me or are you going to try and live this life on your own? That was the question. I said, I'm going with you, Jesus. I'm not going to try and do this on my own. And that's the question for all of us. Are you going to try and do it on your own or are we going to follow Jesus? Wow. I was reading the Word for today, one of the sessions this week on Friday, and some of you might have read this, but I just got really excited. While holiday in England, D.L. Moody, who was a well-known preacher and evangelist, visited a London church that was spiritually dead. The pastor recognised Moody and asked him to preach at the morning service. Reluctantly, Moody agreed. He was on holiday, but he thought, well, I just love sharing Jesus with people. Afterwards, he, he told a friend, the congregation was so unresponsive, it was all he could do was to finish the sermon. Later, he remembered he'd committed to preach there again that night. Wishing he had never interrupted his holiday plans, he spent the afternoon dreading what was ahead. But behind the scenes, something was happening that Moody knew nothing about. After the morning service, an elderly lady met her invalid sister for lunch and told her about Moody's coming, upcoming visit that night. Her sister's eyes lit up. She was excited. She explained, I've been praying that God would send Moody to England. Put away the lunch, sis. We're going to spend the afternoon fasting and praying for tonight's service. These were believers. When Moody took the pulpit that night, an electric sense of God's presence filled the sanctuary. He preached like a man on fire. And when he issued an invitation for people to follow Christ, 500 people responded. Thinking they were, had misunderstood, <laughs> Moody had them sit down while he re-explained the gospel call. They probably had an altar call in that place for a long time. He wanted to make sure they knew what was going on. But when he issued a second invitation, the same 500 stood to receive Christ. That Sunday initiated one of the greatest revivals ever to sweep England. Yeah, do it again. Two ladies believed that God could touch cold, hard hearts. And I thought, God, we need to see your spirit move. 
Not just what we've seen in the past in our nation, but something greater than we've ever seen. I've been in meetings and seen God do awesome things in our nation, but I'm believing for much more than we've ever seen before. And I believe our nation is ripe for it. They're so overwhelmed with fear about what's happening in Ukraine. They're overwhelmed with uncertainty about the future, with politics and floods and viruses and, and so many things. But I want to tell you, it's, this nation's ripe for a move of God. But we need believers that are going to believe that it can happen. We need believers that are going to step up and pray, and declare, and live out our lives so strongly, they say, hey, we want to be a believer like you. Don't let them guessing about your Christian faith. You don't have to go and stand on the table and preach at lunchtime tomorrow in the office, but just be ready for every opportunity. Let your love and your, your, the questions you ask that will make them thirsty, saying, hey, what makes you tick? Don't be afraid when, when I was in, uh, worked in the bank when I was 18, I was a shy young guy. People say, what did you do on the weekend? And initially, I was a bit scared to say anything. But I'd go around whistling and singing songs. And they used to get so angry. i say, why are you so happy? So I wouldn't tell them the first week or the second week. I'd just keep singing. And they were angry because they'd just had a a partying weekend and they had sore heads and they were up annoyed they had to be at work on Monday morning but I was happy because I'd been at church on Sunday and been a youth group on Friday or Saturday night and we had an amazing people getting saved every week in church like beginning to happen here and I was so excited so about the third week I said oh I went to church I said, you went to church does that make you happy I said awesome you should come and try it so I progressively just sowed seeds. And within that first year, I led several people to Jesus because they were just searching for answers. And I'm not an evangelist. I just learned to just live out my faith. Sometimes I wouldn't say a thing. I just let my actions speak. But God taught me there's power in being a believer. And don't be ashamed of sharing the truth because there's a whole lot of people out there searching. I remember several times we'd be at the lunch table and conversations would go on and the Holy Spirit would drop in my heart, ask him this question. I thought, mate, if I ask him that question, we're going to have an interesting conversation here. So initially I'd say no, but then the Holy Spirit said, come on. So I'd ask the question and some of them would push back and scatter, but there would always be one or two want to stay and talk. And then they'd start crying and then we'd pray for them. I led some people to Jesus. I'm not sure if I was supposed to do it or not, but they were ready. And then I'm thinking, we are got to go back and serve people on the counter in two minutes. They're crying their eyes. How are we going to do this? <laughs> it's, there's never a dull moment. But I want to encourage you, be a believer and don't be afraid. Because there's a hunger in our nation for truth and love. Not everyone knows how to put it into words yet. But let me tell you, we're entering the greatest days for our nation. But you've got to believe it. I'm frustrated. I see too many Christians that get caught up with it's all doom and gloom and... and uh, and Jesus, you need to come back. And yes, he's coming back at his time and way. But I believe he's not coming back right now yet because there's a great harvest that has to happen yet. It says that we preached all over the world. I believe there's a great harvest to come yet. And at the right time, he's going to prepare his church and take us out of here. But I believe and he's going to come back and establish his kingdom. But I believe we need to lift up his name. Be passionate about sharing Jesus. Thank you for joining us. 
The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.